Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more, so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com slash enterprise data to learn more. It's one thing for a lawsuit to move slowly, but it's another for it to not move at all. Today on Parse Rebellion, we look at the pandemic-related delays to some very important, very complicated litigation, and whether the delays themselves could affect the outcome. Hello, and welcome back once again to Parts Per Billion, the environmental podcast from Bloomberg Law. I'm your host, David Schultz. So we all know the Constitution guarantees you the right to a speedy trial, but whichever genius came up with that must never have practiced environmental law. It is far from uncommon for an environmental case to take many years to resolve, especially one that involves complicated science and big corporations. If you've ever seen the movie Aaron Brockovich, you know what I'm talking about. Well, that's exactly what we have here with the litigation over PFAS. Loyal listeners of Parts Rebellion will know that these are the substances that were used to coat nonstick pans and also to put out fires and also to do a lot of other stuff. As it turns out, though, they can be pretty toxic and worse, they almost never biodegrade, which has earned PFAS the nickname Forever Chemicals. Of course, the people suing the chemical companies over their exposure to PFAS are hoping their cases don't last forever. But in the time of COVID-19, when the entire legal system has slowed to a snail's pace, these plaintiffs may not get their wish. And here to talk with me about the delays in the PFAS cases is Bloomberg Law's Ellen M. Gilmer. Ellen, hello. Hi. I feel like I should point out right away, too, that the Constitution guarantees a speedy trial for criminal prosecutions. Okay. All right. Thank, thank you. Alan Gilmer Esquire for that legal advice. I appreciate it. I am not a lawyer. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, uh, tell me about PFAS. You know, I, 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 we've talked about this numerous times, uh, you know, on the podcast, but it's pretty complicated. You know, I've written about it no dozens of times and I'm still not completely sure I understand what are these chemicals, these PFAS chemicals? So PFAS refers to this family of man-made chemicals uh, that are really common. They're used on nonstick pans. Um, they're used on carpets. They're used on all kinds of household appliances. They're used in firefighting foam. Uh, and it's a family of, of thousands of types of chemicals. And, and we should say, you know, PFAS, of course, is an acronym. Uh, I'm not saying what that acronym is for because it's very hard to pronounce. Ellen, you can attempt it if you want. I can do you it. You can do it. Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances. That was impressive. 
so the family of chemicals, it's in all of these things. Some types of PFAS have been linked to health problems, and that is why PFAS are getting so much attention these days, because those impacts are starting to be uh, better understood, and there's a lot of litigation over it. Yeah, so the lawsuits, I guess, are about the, the um, mainly people were exposed to, to PFAS or also people who may have to pay to clean up PFAS. They're, they're you know, the lawsuits are, are going in a lot of different directions. Can you just, I mean, really briefly tell me, you know, where they are and what stage they're at and what's going on with these suits? Right. So there's this whole world of PFAS litigation that's kind of moving at, in fits and starts in different courts on different issues, like you say. Some of them are people who were exposed to PFAS um, through their water supply. So this is a lot of times happening in communities where one of two things is happening. Either one, there's a big chemical manufacturing site uh, where PFAS has been released uh, into the local waterways, uh, or two, there's some sort of big um, military base or airport where they're using a lot of this firefighting foam, um, which has um, commonly had types of PFAS in it. So um, there's one big lawsuit in Ohio that I really wanted to get at. You wrote about it in your recent story. Um, it was supposed to go to trial like last week, I guess, but guess that's not happening uh, due to all of this uh, uh, pandemic stuff. What's going on with that? What's that trial about and, and why was it delayed? Yeah, sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll unpack all of that. So uh, this is a case uh, in Ohio. It's actually a bundle of a couple of dozen or a few dozen cases that all have to do uh, with residents of um, a- along the Ohio River who were exposed to um, some types of PFAS in their water supply from a DuPont chemical manufacturing site that's down there on the yeah. Ohio River. So this litigation, like its origin story, is is like two decades old. If you saw the movie Dark Waters, uh, which came out last year with the uh, is a Hollywood movie with Mark Ruffalo. Uh, that movie was about this real-life lawyer, Rob Lott, who started this crusade about 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago. And so this case uh, that was supposed to go to trial last week was, was an outgrowth of all of that uh, litigation that really got the ball rolling on PFAS uh, overall. And, and we should say uh, uh, Rob Balot, uh, the, the real-life lawyer who was uh, depicted in that movie, was a former guest on this very podcast. Uh, the actor who played him, Mark Ruffalo, was not, um, maybe one day. But I think you, our listeners should go back and listen and listen to Rob Balot anyway. Yeah, it was a good episode. It was, I was, he's an interesting guy. So there are all these cases um, from individuals who were exposed to it and people who have certain health impacts that they think is linked to their PFAS exposure. Uh, they have filed lawsuits. All their lawsuits are bundled together in what's called multi-district litigation. And what happens there is a judge kind of oversees all these cases, and then individual cases get uh, set up for trial. So uh, there's already been a couple of trials that happened earlier this year. Uh, There was supposed to be a trial last week, starting on June 1st. That was uh, really one of these uh, cases everybody was was really focused uh, intently on. It included uh, actually six different plaintiffs, one of um, at least one of whom had cancer, um, others had other health impacts, and so they were really uh, eager to 
litigate their claims. And DuPont was eager to to get these claims litigated as well. Right. And I actually wanted to talk with you about the stakes for DuPont because, uh, you know, a lot of these cases have settled and DuPont has paid out settlements, especially in these Ohio River cases. Um, but some of them aren't. And they're the ones that are going to trial, of course. Um, I imagine DuPont is also pretty eager to settle this and to find out how much it's going to have to pay to the cases that aren't or to the plaintiffs that haven't settled and that this these COVID related delays are a setback for them on that front as well, right? So DuPont um, executives have you know made some statements about really wanting to take care of all of this uh, lingering PFAS litigation. Uh, what that means for how what their strategy is for individual cases, you know, we we don't know that, and they haven't said, uh, but it was a trial that everyone you know that that uh, there was a lot of anticipation for. Uh, it was delayed, obviously, because of the pandemic. Um, courts just aren't doing a lot of in-person proceedings. Uh, jury trials via Zoom are. Not something a lot of courts are eager to do, though a couple have tried. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say I blame them. Yeah. <laughs> so um, so it's just been scrapped from the calendar, and it, it hasn't been rescheduled yet. And, you know, it's not going to take the top priority when they are able to do in-person proceedings again, because they're going to need to do all this criminal law stuff first. That's really the top priority. Uh and then they'll get to the civil stuff. And what we're talking about is civil litigation. And this is also affecting other cases that are much earlier along in, in litigation. You know, I'm thinking of that big case, uh, consolidated case down in South Carolina. That's, you know, nowhere near trial, but that's it's still being affected by delays. Like, what's going on there? Yeah, so this is a case that has to do with the firefighting foam that we right. talked about. Uh, and there are just hundreds of individual cases that have to do with the firefighting foam, who should clean it up, um, who's, you know, who's responsible for it getting into the environment and any impacts that's had. Um, and they're in the early phases of that. Like you said, they're in the discovery process, um, kind of even the early stages of the discovery process where each side gets to, you know, collect documents from the other side and depose people from the other side to try to bolster their own case. So there have been hangups with that because the corporate defendants, um, 3M is a defendant in that litigation, DuPont again, Chemours, which is a DuPont spinoff. Uh, all these companies uh, are involved in that and they're trying to deal with, well, how do we do a deposition uh, when we can't do it in person? Sure, we can do a Zoom deposition, but we'd like to at least prep our witnesses in person. You know, we want to, not witnesses, but we want to prep this corporate official uh, in person and do, you know, this in-depth, you know, day-long preparation before we put them, you know, in a, on a Zoom deposition uh, where quite a lot is at stake. So that's been kind of the hang-up there. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break now, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how this could affect the outcome of these very significant pieces of litigation. Stay with us. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. You need a company with extensive experience in specialized insurance. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and helping provide coverage that suits your needs. The Hartford offers insurance solutions that help mid to large-sized businesses like yours 
effectively manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With extensive experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford goes beyond the expected to deliver innovative, customizable solutions and service that your industry, that your business demands. At the Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how the Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. So we are back and we're here with Ellen M. Gilmer talking about delays in really significant PFAS-related lawsuits. Uh, Ellen, one of the things that I really liked about your story is that you talked to attorneys who've been involved in similar litigation to this and you said, you know, what happens when there are delays in these big kind of environmental cases? And they said almost universally, it always benefits the defendants. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and why that is? Yeah, so I talk to a lot of lawyers who work on big tort litigation like this um, and toxic torts specifically. Uh, And the conventional wisdom, they say, is, you know, delays don't favor the plaintiffs. And the big reason for that is in a lot of these cases, particularly in the kind of mass proceedings where you have a lot of different lawsuits bundled together, what you really want is to create pressure for a settlement. And that's not always the case, and we don't know if that's the case in, in all of these individual lawsuits, but that's often a, a strategy for getting your legal complaints um, your, your legal complaints resolved. Um, and the biggest uh, kind of trigger point for a settlement is a trial. And so if you have all of these delays that are just delaying the actual trial or delaying all of these pre-trial things like discovery, it's going to take longer for you to get to trial. It's going to take longer for you to get to that. If you're the plaintiff, it's going to take longer for you to get to that pressure point where the defendants say, all right, maybe it's time to make an offer. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we talked earlier about how, you know, the the defendants here, these big chemical companies like DuPont, uh, 3M, Camors, how, you know, they might be eager to have these these issues wrapped up so they can get them off their balance sheets. But on the other hand, you're right. I mean, these delays will give them more time to come up with strategies to deal with them. And it also allows them to maybe t- delay having to uh, settle with the, the plaintiffs. I mean, is, is that what are, are you hearing from any of the plaintiffs in these cases or plaintiffs attorneys? Are they saying like, we really want to, you know, get this moving, but we just can't because of all these pandemic delays. Well, yeah, definitely. And, you know, one of the lawyers who is involved in the firefighting foam litigation that we talked about, he said, you know, we were talking about the discovery process and how the defendants are uncomfortable with doing depositions without in-person preparation for some of the depositions. Uh, He said, you know, the defendants might want to stall because that's a good strategy for them. And he said, I don't know that they're doing that, but they might want to because that would be in their interest to hold off, give themselves more time uh, just to prepare. They've got, you know, there's great legal teams on both sides. And the more time, you know, your opponents have to prepare, uh, you know, that's hard. And the plaintiffs at this point have kind of done all their preparation, put it all out there. And now they're ready to, you know, get the documents and depositions from the other side and start building out their case. And I assume the the defendants or the defendants attorneys that you spoke to or at least tried to to speak to, they didn't have anything to say about this, did they? Well, so uh, you know, 
DuPont didn't didn't want to talk about about this litigation. Yeah. Um, but we do have, you know, we we can see the transcripts from some virtual court hearings that happened where they're discussing their argument with the judge um, in in the firefighting foam case, and they were just ex- explaining like, okay, you know, we we see this is not a perfect world. We are willing to do some Zoom stuff. Um, we are willing to make some some compromises that we wouldn't usually love, but we need to draw a hard line. We can't let our corporate officials be be deposed without in-person prep. So that was that was their position, um, you know, that that they could do some other some make some other accommodations. But that was a bridge too far for them. So that actually leads me perfectly into my last question, which is that what's next here? I mean, obviously, you know, the judges can delay these cases for a while, uh, even months, uh, but they can't be delayed forever. You know, at some point these trials have to move forward or these depositions have to move forward. Do you get a sense of when uh, the the judges in these cases will say, you know, hey, I know you don't want to do, you know, Zoom depositions, but sorry, you're going to have to move forward. Or are, are judges being really lenient here and saying, look, you know, this is a crazy situation. Take as much time as you want. You know, we understand you guys are 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 not able to do what you want to do. Like, it's, which way are the judges in the case, these cases leaning? It's definitely not the latter. Uh, judges, you know, have, have were pretty accommodating at the beginning, but as as you mentioned, like they, they don't want to sit around all year and wait for things to to go back to normal. Uh, in the firefighting foam litigation, the judge in that case, he's been running a, a really trying to run a very efficient proceeding there. That's the one that has like hundreds of cases bundled together. He wants that moving along, so he has been nudging it forward, and he has said, you need to sort out your differences and get this thing going, because we're not going to argue about this all year. Uh, In the Ohio case, we haven't really heard anything. We don't know when it's going to be rescheduled. Um, And that seems like a little more understandable, just because, I mean, yeah, how it's a jury trial. How could you possibly do a jury trial over like zoom or skype like just uh, i i don't know that's a tough situation for for those those folks absolutely and there have been um some bench trials where it's just the judge um that have been happening virtually and some jury trials and there's plenty of great coverage of that in bloomberg law uh but it's it's not ideal it's very very hard especially for a jury trial how are you going to get all these people to be sitting on their computers and taking in these complex proceedings and 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 know that they're paying attention uh, on with matters that, you know, are, are extremely important um, and high consequence. So that is not something they want to do. Um, and, and the lawyers said, like, yeah, I, I mean, even the lawyers who are eager to go to trial, they don't want a Zoom trial. Yeah, I don't blame them. Well, uh, that'll do it for today's episode of Parts Per Billion. If you're at all interested in PFAS, you are in luck. We just launched a big project that investigates all angles of this issue. It collects all of our work, podcasts, videos, investigative pieces, all in one place. And that place is bloomberglaw.com slash PFAS hyphen project. That URL, once again, is bloomberglaw.com slash PFAS hyphen project. Go check it out right now. It is awesome. Today's episode of Parts Per Billion was produced by myself, along with Josh Block and Marissa Horn. Special help today came from Anna Yukonanov. Parts for Billing was created by Jessica Coombs and Rachel Daigle, and the music for today's episode is A Message by Jazar and Basa Libre by Vincent Francois Perot. They were used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Those nine justices in Washington, they can be pretty hard to keep track of. That's where we come in. 
I'm Jordan Rubin. And I'm Kimberly Robinson. On our podcast, Cases and Controversies, we give you a week-by-week accounting of the Supreme Court. The filings, the arguments, the opinions, and much, much more. So check in on Fridays with Cases and Controversies to find out what's coming up on the horizon at the Supreme Court. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Your industry is unique. It faces its own challenges and risks that set it apart. That means choosing just any insurance company just won't cut it. At The Hartford, we take pride in knowing the ins and outs of your industry and help provide solutions that suit how you do business, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. At The Hartford, we don't just talk about specialization, we live it. Learn how The Hartford can help your business at thehartford.com. What could you do if your data was working for you and not against you? With Bloomberg delivering enterprise data directly to your systems, you get easy access to the details you want, optimized for higher level analysis, and financial data experts committed to helping you maximize your every move. Our data is made for more so you can show the world what you're made of. Visit Bloomberg.com enterprise data to learn more.